Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. The only way to learn to do venture capital is to do venture capital. Because whatever books you read, whatever you hear, whatever you try to get from outside, it's completely different than in reality. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hello, my name is Pavlina Mitsu and I am from Greece. My vocation is software engineering and it's been around a year now that I work professionally. My passion is clean code and software design. Recently, I discovered the Women in Tech community and I'm so excited about it. All of the members of the community are supportive and kind. The content that is published in the group, it is really interesting and I'm surprised of how many different ways the group can motivate and keep you abreast about tech topics. If anyone would like to connect with me, you can find me on LinkedIn with Pavlina Mitsu or you can send me an email on pavlinamitsu at gmail.com. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We would not be able to support and celebrate women in tech around the world if it weren't for you. Thank you so much for being a listener and a fan of the show. To contribute and donate, simply go to womenintech.fm on the upper right-hand side and click Donate, which empowers us to continue celebrating women in tech around the world. Thank you for being a part of our journey. Command Line Heroes is an original, highly produced, award-winning podcast about the people who transform technology from the command line up, presented by Red Hat. And this is not a technical show. This is a show anyone can enjoy, featuring experts from across the industry. Season four is airing now, so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and stick around to the end of the show to hear a sneak preview of the brand new season. There's two pieces of advice I'd give myself when I was just starting out. I wish so bad that I could go back and truly understand these three elements of success that have taken me so long to build in, and I'm still not even good enough at them. It's follow-up, 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 create processes for absolutely everything, understand the pain point, the true pain point that I'm solving for others as a founder, of course, or in the content I create as well. And last but not least, don't compare myself. Just keep on trucking, be really clear about what I'm delivering, and understand literally it's the snail that wins the race. Oh, no, it's not snails, the turtle. Tortoise and the hare. Remember that one? Okay, turtle. <laughs> Snail can't win. I guess it's like super slow. Um, it's the turtle that wins the race. If you guys remember the, the tortoise and the hare, um, the fable. The more I go through my entrepreneurial journey, I recognize that slow always wins. Slow allows time for reflection 
it allows time to just really have that clarity on our mind, our bodies, and our operations. And if everything's working in a state of ease or if we're grinding in the wrong direction. And so when I make that time to really slow down, to take the shower, to breathe, to eat, to meditate, to have proper rest at night, I notice that I can move so much faster when I am executing than when I'm coming from a burnt out place and I'm working from a place of my reservoirs rather than my overflow. Anyway, I hope that helps you too. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited to be here at Seed Stars in Nur Sultan, Kazakhstan. I've never been to Kazakhstan before. We have entrepreneurs and investors and the startup community who have flown in from countries from everywhere, it seems, to inspire, to connect, to collaborate, and to be supportive of the growing startup ecosystem here in this wonderful, wonderful country. I am so excited to be here, and I'd like to welcome our next awesome woman in tech hello hello hi <laughs> great to be here go ahead tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do so my name is tanya dadashwa and uh, i work for almas capital it's a venture capital firm headquartered in uh, california us and we have offices all over europe uh, we look for companies to invest uh, technological companies from developing countries mostly from central and eastern europe and we help them go to more developed regions for example, United States, as we have a team there, we can help, but also some uh, European more developed countries like Germany and UK. And we are always looking for new inspiring technologies and uh, products and teams uh, of entrepreneurs working on them and building this engineering value here in, in Eastern Europe because there is a lot of talent here, especially in the technological world in the deep tech which creates value because it's uh, not that easy to replicate. And uh, then these companies that have already some products uh, can go global, and that's our main model. And how did you discover Seed Stars? Tell us a little bit about Seed Stars, actually, first, because, I mean, we're sitting here at the Seed Stars event, but not everybody knows what Seed Stars is. So yeah, sure. No, yeah. We have known Seed Stars for years, and uh, not only for the events, we actually know the founders and we know uh, their fund and uh, uh, they, they now have very interesting developments. For example, uh, they're raising this uh, fund that targets developing regions like Africa. So we're exploring many opportunities with them. We know that they have these initiatives to, to develop the region, to connect the entrepreneurs and the technological talent here with uh, knowledge uh, created in, in other regions and uh, fill this gap connecting investors, connecting entrepreneurs, uh, sharing uh, and allowing them to, to have access to mentors. And that's very cool about this event as well because uh, it's, not, it's not only about panels and one-on-one -on -one meetings, but the startups were prepared and um, it's, it's very good to, to see that. And how did you discover Seedstars? Actually, I think my firm knew them even before I joined. So I, I don't really know how it started. Yeah. yeah, but it's a long relationship. Yeah. And you're from Moscow, Russia? Yeah, originally, yes. And do you live in Kazakhstan now? 
No, no, I don't live in Kazakhstan. Actually, as we joke, <laughs> I live on the plane because I travel a lot around Europe. I spend a lot of time in California as well. We have an office in Moscow, and that's um, more of historical because we still have some portfolio companies there. But our main focus in the third fund, and we just started investing in the third fund, is on uh, Central and Eastern Europe. So anything between Germany and Russia, excluding Russia. And tell us about the third fund. So the third fund, we had the first close in June. So it has um, mostly the same strategy as the previous two. And uh, we have support of uh, institutional investors as previously. For example, European Bank for Construction and Development has been with us since day one. So for three funds now. And we support these developing regions. We expand our team in the U.S. more and more because it's uh, one of the major markets for the companies to, to grow to and one of the major markets for exits. And that's um, where we help and uh, that's where we work on business development. And we have a team in Europe because it also takes uh, effort to, to help building the product, scaling the engineering teams and managing it all here. It's, it's, it's really great how whatever expertise you need, you can always find the right team in Eastern Europe. It depends on, on which expertise you need, on which uh, technology you want to improve or to build or to scale. But there is uh, a lot of diversified talent here, and we help companies do this. And when did you first recognize that you were passionate about startups and technology? Oh, I think I've always been passionate about technology. So I started programming when I was 11, and uh, I could not stop since then. So my background is in uh, mathematics and computer science. When I was close to graduating, I was uh, starting my last year in university. I was thinking about different opportunities to, to work with technological companies. And uh, venture capital was something I discovered accidentally. So I was not really planning on joining venture ecosystem, but I, I really glad that it happened. How did it accidentally come into your life? So I was starting my last year in university and I was thinking about joining some internships at the IT companies and looking at opportunity there. And where were you at this time? Where were you I living? I was in Moscow. Okay. I, I started in uh, Moscow State University. So I just was thinking how to prepare for the interviews, what should I know, how to approach this, do I want strictly engineering job or maybe product management or maybe something more closer to business. And my brother, older brother, was working uh, with another venture capital firm. So he just sent me a, an opening in Almas Capital saying that, uh, here, look, another fund is looking for, for an analyst. Uh, you've never been on an interview. Just try it. Right, right. Yeah, so you'll get some experience. And uh, they probably will not hire you, but uh, it, it's good to have this experience. So I, I went for the interview, and it's the only job interview I've ever had in my life. Really? Yeah. Stop. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, that's that's crazy. Yeah, technically, there were two, but in the same firm. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, so the other question I wanted to ask is: You said you started programming when you were eleven. What did you access? What? How were you learning? Uh, did you go online? Did it, books? Did you have friends? Did you ask your parents to take you to some? Like, where were you accessing the information? When I started, I actually started in um, summer camp because the summer camp was. Um, educational one, but uh, more focused on mathematics. I was already in uh, this um, mathematical Olympiad uh, championships uh, community in Russia, and it's a, it's a great community. It's uh, for children of different age. Uh, there are a lot of competitions. Uh, we call them Olympiads, and there is a lot of um, summer camps or winter camps, and all of them are 
starting from dawn to sunset. And uh, a lot of children prefer to spend their summers like this, including me. Yeah. And I love those experiences. I still remember them as the most fun I've ever had in my life. And uh, there was uh, just uh, after school hours, there was an opportunity to go learn to code. So I chose to. And after that, I got also in this competitive programming. And it's a completely different world. There's a lot of championships as well. And it's uh, it's great because a lot of them are team-based. Yeah. So it's it's Like pretty, hackathons. Yeah, it's like hackathons for, for school children. And uh, it's solving problems. Usually it's a very competitive environment. And you, you, you come to this championship and everybody sits around uh, tables and codes and yeah. and algorithms. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, actually. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, it, it's also it's also something that uh, when you become older in high school, it uh, allows you to, to go to this international Olympians and to get easier in any university you want. So I think that's very great experience. And what would you say is a huge challenge you've overcome in your professional life? Something that you've successfully overcome? There were a lot, actually. <laughs> and um, I would say they're mostly on um, how some things are managed. For example, in our portfolio companies, it's always complicated because usually there, is, there are founders who have their own opinion, then there are investors, and usually not one investor, and uh, earlier stage investor, later stage investor, and uh, everybody has their own vision, everybody has their own goals, and uh, sometimes it's, uh, it's really hard to manage. For example, in, in one company we also had a very complicated situation because it was two companies merging, many different misaligned interests and we spend a lot of time building some um, solution to work with that and to go forward with a competitive product competitive solution for the market and at some point the company was acquired yeah and it was acquired for for a different reason rather than this product that we spend a lot of time on creating and it was really hard to set aside our regrets about yeah. not finishing this product, about spending a lot of time on something that's not longer necessary and go into all these negotiations and actually sell the company right. and spend several months on doing this, on going through through all the processes. And just because we knew it's a better solution already at this point of time, yeah. but it, was, it wasn't easy. A, a couple of things. One, how did you learn how to be a venture capitalist when you literally got hired from your very first interview, how did you become confident in what you do? How did you develop your career? In the world of modern technology, we open our laptops, scroll endlessly on our smartphones, send tons of data to the cloud, and we don't think twice about it. But... Have you ever wondered how we got to now with our personal devices? What it took were teams of engineers and programmers who had the vision and audacity to build new machines. I'm Saranyat Barak. Join me for an incredible new season of the podcast and keep on coding. Season four is airing now. Subscribe to Command Line Heroes today, wherever you get your podcasts.
how did you become confident in what you do? How did you develop your career? So I think the, the only way to learn to do venture capital is to do venture capital. Because whatever books you read, whatever you hear, whatever you try to get from outside, it's completely different than in reality. So I started as an analyst. And the first, I think, nine months, I mostly spent uh, looking at incoming projects, looking at a lot of presentations, having these first pitches from uh, entrepreneurs. And uh, I was doing it with my colleagues, uh, and I was just looking what questions are they answering, what do they look for, challenge everything you hear, never take anything for granted. And if somebody tells you that's a great model, check it. So it's, it's part of investors' job to always look for things, to say no for so it's uh, sometimes we, we even joke that um, when we want to proceed with the company we call it hunting license that we need to get hunting license yeah and and everybody else is trying to shoot the deal yeah and and you're trying to to kind of save it in front of the right. others to to protect it but um, yeah so it, it was the beginning I think um, at some point, a very important step for me was to start working with portfolio companies because you learn that nothing stops at the investment. The investment is just the beginning. So before that, you can ask all the questions, you can try to figure everything out, you can do due diligence, speak to everybody on the market and find some comfort that... Uh, this is a bad worth doing. But once you made the investment, the real thing begins because you need to manage the company from um, the position of the board. We always take the board seat and uh, help the company actively. And uh, you learn how it works, what is required, what help is required for the entrepreneurs. And it's all aspects of company's life. It's building the product, building the engineering teams, hiring people, hiring senior management, Sometimes changing senior management, fundraising, of course, of the next rounds, uh, working with strategics, adjusting the business model, doing all these pivots. And when you go through all of this, you understand much better what to ask the company before the investment. Because, of course, we learn a lot on our own mistakes and mistakes of our portfolio companies. But once you kind of see that this can be a problem, you, you also can ask this upfront. And uh, look at this up front. And a, lo a lot of our job is uh, actually a chart job. And it's just figuring out before the investment if the entrepreneur can take charge and can be with the company and is receptive to feedback. And after we invest in the company, it's uh, about building the team, helping him build the team and seeing if he's uh, actually managing it right. Because we as investors are never going to manage the company. But we can still, our main instrument to, to help and to affect the company is uh, through, through the management. And by the way, we're sitting in like a conference hall. So if any of that background sound comes up, that's what it is. There's plates clanking. And for a podcaster, you're like, oh my gosh, please stop. Yeah, we're not in a bar or anything. <laughs> do you ever miss programming? I actually do it for fun still. So I, I have a lot of engineers uh, as my friends. And uh, we participate in some uh, online championships still uh, just for fun. But also what we do, what we look for in our companies, it's a lot of innovative technological stuff. So it's uh, really interesting to be on this front line and to see all the new technologies appearing and uh, to talk to these engineers, creating them and to get involved with the product creation if it's required. So I still have this in my life. 
in a bit different angle, but I enjoy this a lot. Okay, a couple last questions as they're getting ready for, I think, our appetizers or snacks coming up. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten? I think one of the best advices, that's also one of the worst advices, to be honest, I got from professors at my university. Because they, they had this uh, saying that uh, when you come to somebody to ask a question, you should be absolutely sure that you cannot find the answer to this question yourself. Mm, yeah. So I think it's good advice because it makes you curious and trying to find the answers and looking for them. And that's part of research, part of yeah. what investor does. I always have this in my mind that uh, I'm challenging everything I hear. I'm trying to, to find the answers. But also, on the other hand, uh, it's, of course, a bad advice because you're not accepting the help and you're not accepting what's already was created before. And sometimes it ends up inventing bicycles, but sometimes you can invent something new. Where can people connect with you further? Actually, it's very easy to find us because we are all over the world. We are at a lot of events in Eastern Europe, in uh, Central Europe, in U.S., So you can easily find us, but also we are very open to online communication because we live in the world that is connected right. digitally. So it, you can find us on uh, any social network or connect via And email. And what should we look up? It's Almas Capital. Can um, you spell it? Yeah. A-L-M-A-Z-C-A-P-I-T-A-L. Perfect. And your email? My email is uh, tanya at almascapital.com, T-A-N-Y-A. Perfect. And are you on LinkedIn as well? Yep, sure. On LinkedIn, on Facebook, on a lot of other social networks and messengers because yeah, we have to have to be there. We also try them. Uh, so be, I have a lot of messengers that are very new and uh, have some um, interesting features, but yeah. not that much of network. Right, right. No, I understand because you want to be testing out everything that's yeah. coming out. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. It's been really, 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 really cool to have you. Before we go, what is your favorite tech tool, like hardware, software, or mobile app? I really like a lot uh, different analytics tools, like for business intelligence, for example. I've tried, I think, all of them. And uh, they're very cool now new ones coming to automate this and to, to make this data engineering process different. But I mean, I can name any of them, like Tableau or uh, Power BI or any other. Wait, what are the first two you said? Tableau. It's T-A-B-L-E-U, uh, I think. And what does yeah. that track? It's, a, it's also a business intelligence tool when you can visualize any type of data. I'm very into data science. So. And what's the other one you said? Power BI. It's by Microsoft, actually. So it's BI? Power BI. And do you have a favorite podcast? I really liked um, a cybersecurity podcast. I'm trying to remember how it's called. I think it's Risky Biz or something like this. It's uh, very technological, very like for nerds. Yeah. But I really like it. Yeah. And last question, favorite book? I'm very into science fiction. Um, I think one of my favorite books since childhood is um, Way Station by Simak. But I, I actually am very into science fiction and a lot of my colleagues are. So we exchange these lists of new books uh, to read and we then come back and discuss them. So it's, uh, it's something that's very common in the tech world. So. And you said Waystation? Waystation, yes. Way, like W-A-Y yes, Station? Yes, Waystation by Clifford Simic. 
Nice. And we'll include it in the show notes. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. If you want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. Womenintechvip.com will take you straight there. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will talk to you guys, see you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. This is Tanya Dadashova and I'm an associate at Almas Capital. Almas Capital is a venture capital fund bridging deep tech companies from Central and Eastern Europe to US and global markets. We are headquartered in Portola Valley, California, and you're listening to Women in Tech. I'd like to tell you about an all-new season of Command Line Heroes, a podcast presented by Red Hat. No one ever said hardware was easy. In Season 4, Command Line Heroes is telling seven special stories about people and teams who dared to change the rules of hardware and, in the process, changed how we all interact with technology. In the world of modern technology, we open our laptops, scroll endlessly on our smartphones, send tons of data to the cloud, and we don't think twice about it. But... Have you ever wondered how we got to now with our personal devices and what it took to get here? There was this blue box on a table and he said, well, here it is. I said, well, what is it? He said, it's a microcomputer. What it took were teams of engineers and programmers who had the vision and audacity to build new machines. These machines, they revolutionized our lives and blew the doors open to what was possible. How many people here had a computer versus how many people intended to get one? Only one or two people actually had them. And they would bring them to the club meeting. What are you going to do with it? And nobody had an answer. The key thing about time sharing was that the computer needed some way of being able to sort of stop its own clock. The uh, creators of the floppy drives are not household names by any means. If it wasn't for that, PCs would have been adopted much more slowly. This January 28th, we launched season four of Command Line Heroes, an original podcast from Red Hat. And this season, it's all about the hardware. We'll hear the stories behind some iconic machines and the people who dared to create them. I was the kid that always took things apart, took my older sister's toys apart. This is just another bag on the side of the eclipse, a skin job. Nope, this is a whole new machine. The process of passing the tapes around and encouraging and building upon each other's results is really what made the personal computer industry. We're exploring mini computers, mainframes, the first personal computers, floppies, early smartphones, and game consoles. And we're also going to hear how the community ethos that drove those early hardware heroes to build those machines still exists today in the open source hardware movement. The values of sharing are still there. I mean, it's in the entire open source community. The machine, in a way, was kind of a bit character. It was the people who were the real guts of what it was about. I'm Saranyat Barak. Join me for an incredible new season of the podcast. And keep on coding. So thank you, and uh, eat your sandwiches. Season 4 is airing now. Subscribe to Command Line Heroes today, wherever you get your podcasts. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production.
Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.